welcome to the Stay at Home Festival podcast. I said that really weird, but I'm not recording it again because I'm not. Producer Trent here. This episode recorded on Thursday morning. Robin and Josie with guests Chris Addison and Beck Hill and music from Femi. Cosmicchambles.com slash stay at home is where you can go to drop a tip in the jar for venues that are facing closure or artists that are really struggling with no income at the moment. And if you'd like to support the Cosmic Shambles Network and all the podcasts and documentaries and this festival uh, that we uh, produce, patreon.com slash bookshambles is where you can go to do that. All the money that we make from that just goes back into making more stuff. So uh, the more you contribute there, the more stuff we can make. Here's today's episode. Beware of the tarantula. Anyway, hello. Um, <laughs> he got well, in first. <laughs> welcome to Shamble Stay at Home Festival. Uh, I'm Robin. Somewhere on this screen is Josie, I think. Hello, I remain Josie Long and she'll do so until my death. Oh, okay. I was expecting some kind of twist about the age of 44. <laughs> That's what I was I was I was hoping was going to happen. So you've been we were talking about this just before we uh, uh we appeared. Um you've been watching quiz no spoilers no spoilers etc. No spoilers, but I love it and I love Matthew McFadden so much. I think he's such a fantastic. He's like so full. Like his performances are so full. You can just feel all the different things. Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it and I recommend it. It was brilliant. Does he play Corporal Bobby Cheat or whatever? <laughs> he didn't he didn't cheat. What's happened is that the this the um oh, on, Chris, Chris yes, but he knows juiced him yet, but he mustn't hear. He mustn't hear. No, he no, no. Spotted. I'm not gonna spoil the show, but we all know what happened. But what's been so fun is that the show is so well acted and so thoughtful and humane and so well written that by the end of it, you really sort of feel all these complicated feelings re-examining the story. And there's been a lot of um, major Ingram truthers online uh now. And it's been a lot of fun. I mean, it's oh, just... Oh, right. I've not... I'm, I might give it a go at some point, but I've. it's a bit like... I haven't, I haven't watched the thing about Bad Tiger, Good Tiger, Funny Man, whatever it's called. And, yes. uh, but I don't want to... I don't want to... <laughs> the reason I won't bother with the Tiger thing is there is an amazing film called Raw, starring Tippi Hedren, who was uh, in yeah. Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. Birds and Marnie, etc. And it is just incredible because she used to live with her former husband and their children, which uh, are, are basically... With a bunch of lions, and they made a film <coughs> where you can clearly see during, and it's it's meant to be a drama, and it really is because sometimes when the lions are there, they clearly really are attacking people, and <laughs> people are hospitalised, and people are, you go, oh God, I didn't mean to laugh at that, scarring on his scalp than he had in the previous scene. It is one of the craziest films because you can clearly see it should not be made scenes of people in distress at the fact there are loads of lions in their house is actually people in distress because there's loads of lions in their house my friend johnny main showed it to me is the r-o-a-r yeah it's just raw and uh this is like she was so traumatized that she was like i know what i'll do yeah i'll get my revenge with yeah. lions yeah. You know, <laughs> I can handle birds, I can handle any animal Really Tippy? Yeah, whatever Alright then, okay, the lions were a mistake Right, and of course, <laughs> Mel- right. And of course Melanie Griffith's in it as well Because uh, Melanie Griffith's her daughter And uh, it's, yeah, it's a really I'm getting to showbiz That's really interesting <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Wow, I didn't know that Gosh, that's so interesting 
it's so funny to me as well because sorry when someone's kind of hollywood royalty like that i treat it very differently than i think in this country because in hollywood i'm like wow the magic has been passed on generation to generation it's very silly Um, goldie horn line Uh, (laughs) yeah the the horn russell line um but anyway that 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 will be my 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 top recommendation is if you've not seen raw seen raw it is a genuinely disturbing film what so, sort of era was it made? It was about 1980, 1981. It took quite a long time to film, again, partly due to the healing process involved for, uh, well, we're going to have to stop filming for three months Gosh. until that, uh, the, the stitches can be taken out. Bizarre. Oh wow. Um, have you got a show and tell this morning, Josie? I oh, do. Oh, um, before even that, I'm, I'm going to make it, we're going to get this out of the way right at the top, and we will mention again, uh, there is a tip jar. Uh, one of the reasons that we do this show, one of it was to create a kind of sense of connection for people, especially, I mean, it seems like a long time ago now when we first had uh, yeah, Mark Gatiss on and stuff, uh, which is nearly four weeks ago. And um, Our first thought was we want to make sure there's some kind of connection for people because we could see that people are ready. And for each like, other, right? I mean, I yeah. think this is quite instrumental in us not spinning out, you and I. I don't know. I don't know which way it's going. Sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm trapped in a virtual submarine movie with you. A little bit of both. Um, <laughs> to be fair, yesterday I did sort of lose it a bit. Um, yes, you're right. Sorry. Well, we wanted to make sure that uh, we could make some money uh, for some of the performers and some of the art centres that were going to be struggling during this time. Because, of course, if you if you follow, it, it's all right for some of us. Some of us have other kind of, you know, uh, support things. But there are also a lot of performers that don't and, uh, and who do work today today kind of like i've got my friday gig and, then <laughs> and so we and this week we've seen a huge drop and i do understand a lot of you have donated and it's, and it's been great this week we've donated to the rondo theater and to the old fire station in oxford and to the little angel puppet theater which does amazing work and great shows for kids and adults it's wonderful yeah. um but we want to keep trying to make sure that we can support those things so that they exist when we come out from this isolation so i slightly a pitch no I've, i was talking to a friend of mine who excuse me, he works in um, government and he's delivering, he's organising the logistics of delivering food parcels to people who are, and care parcels to people who are kind of um, vulnerable and unable to get them. And I was talking about my work and he said, you're like the cherry on the top of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. (laughs) And I was like, well, yes, but I I do think it is important for us to try and sort of see what we can do to keep um, arts and culture alive because it's never been more needed as well, even though it is uh, not necessarily at the forefront of people's minds. Well, actually, the main thing is for those people who will be receiving money, they're not receiving money to immediately go out and just buy some paints to do a new... They're receiving money so that they can go and they can go and buy food and keep living. Oh and my God! Completely, yeah, yeah. So it, it's, just... it's not—it's not going on luxury silks for a new production of Verdi's Otello. As far <laughs> as I know, there may be some of that going on as well, but I don't think it is. Here's um, my show and Otello. I can't really remember. Um, Here's we'll my show and tell. I owned a, a copy of the Book of Calm, um, but I bought it secondhand, and I just—I find that it's like—it's not calming me down, right? So there's one that says. Imagine if there was a spider in your ear, but you didn't know about it, and it laid a big load of eggs. <laughs> that does not, does it? Not making me feel calm. That. Uh, what you need there. to do with that little book of calm is get, get a, a red, red sharpie and just in the corner of each page put things like "no!" exclamation mark, <laughs> and then just donate it to your local charity bookshop. 
The um, mine is. Uh, is it? I, I would love that. I would love if it had. That What's magic. that thing on your leg? Have you had a doctor see it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were saying the attic. It's not just rats. This is... <laughs> um, I'm going to show off a little bit and show a prize that I won. Ooh. Show and tell. Yeah, there we go. Yes, and uh, sports prize. Well, this is to Robert Inch, timed out award winner 2006 for standing achievement to stuff. And um, what this actually is, is, is uh, my friend Michael Legg, uh, when I, I, I got a thing from Time Out for doing some stuff and they used to give you an award and they just stopped. They just sent you a letter saying, here it is. We can't we haven't got the money anymore to have a ceremony or anything. And Michael felt that was unfair. So bought me this judo prize and had that engraved at a sports trophy shop. Thank you very much, Michael. I'm very oh, I'm sorry. The band are beginning to play. I'm going to have to wind up. Uh, there we are. Um, we are joined by some, well, sorry. sorry no no i'm just saying excuse my coughing i'm trying to manage it uh it's, it's so that i can help you, you to, to win, win another <laughs> i um, love I, psychosomatically react to because you had, had a very stripy face last week when you're watching tiger tiger scary weird man and uh, and now you've got a little tickly cough don't watch endeavor i don't know where that'll take you um <laughs> Now, I'm so excited about our first guest. I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on. Uh, it's Chris Addison. Hello. Hello. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually quite good. Hey, yes, I'm all right. I don't have a cough, I don't think. Although, as you were coughing, I started to do it along along with you. I feel <laughs> I take other people's symptoms. You'll do anything to Anything to fit in. Yeah. Or is it anything to fit in? Yeah. I was just thinking the first thing that I was um, is having known you for 25 years, I think it is it is. I've known you pretty much since you started stand up, I think. Do you we talked a lot about people missing stand up because of what's going on now. But you did you know, you got very high up in, in stand up. You, you won awards to the Radio 4 shows and stuff like that. And uh, and, and you were, I think, you know, you played Hammersmith Apollo and that. Um then you've you've moved on and directing and writing and all those things do where has that urge is that urge now entirely can you funnel it all into that different sense of creation or sometimes you miss it that's that's an excellent question i i i never most of my career is as as my detractors and supporters will agree an accident and uh and that is um like i never meant to be a stand-up in the first place so, uh, and what did uh, you mean to be? Well, I'd meant to be a railway engineer, but I just walked into the wrong office. <laughs> now, I, yeah. I, I meant to, I, I'd always wanted to be a theatre director when I was, so I say always, it wasn't, that's what, was, what I wanted to do when I was five, little <laughs> Fisher Price. But I wanted to, like, from a, from a sort of my kind of time in sixth form on, where I got quite obsessed with pl- reading plays and all that. <clears throat> go to the theatre. I, I loved the idea of, of being a, a theatre director, and that was I, exactly what I was planning to do for you know several years. Um, and I started to do stand up because um, it, I, it was in the year after I uh, left university, that dark, horrible year <laughs> that nobody tells you about. And um, and uh, I really like w- when you're at university, you could do anything. You can put anything on. Anyone can. There's a bunch of other losers around with nothing to do, uh, like you, who who you know. There's a load of rooms free that the union will let you stand in and all of that. So it's dead easy to put stuff on then. And then once you get out, it's really hard. And I'd sort of needed a creative 
outlet, some kind of performance creative outlet. I wasn't actually, oddly enough, I wasn't what I was thinking about as a uh, creatively as something that I wanted to do, you know, in the theatre directing isn't performing particularly, but, um, but I, I found performance was the thing that I wanted to, to just stand up. I, I always loved comedy and stand up's the easiest, logistically the easiest thing that mm. you can do is because everybody else, or go along, to, if you can go along to an open mic night, you just have to take some ideas with you. That's it. Everybody else sorts everything else out. So, um, so I went and did that. And uh, and it sort of it worked a bit, and then it kind of took off, and um, and I found myself doing that for uh, for as long as I did. So my entire career over the last twenty five years has been has been basically I've never had a, a thing in mind that I was going to do. I, I will play the Hannah Smith Apollo or whatever. I've never had those sorts of goals um, in mind. I've always just gone and done the things that have interested me really, and. Um, uh, so I didn't mean to stop doing stand-up, and I, I still don't really think. I mean, it's only in the it's only in the last couple of years that I've thought to myself, "Oh, the, I'm not thinking in terms of the next thing I do will be write a stand-up show." I always thought mm-hmm. that when I was directing Veep and and um, uh, uh, and other things that I've done since then. Every time I've gone, yeah, yeah, obviously the next thing I'll do is I'll I'll write and tour a stand-up show, and it's only now that I'm that I'm I'm not sort of thinking in that way. But to go back to your actual question, in terms of yeah, I really miss it. I do really miss it. I miss the performance aspect of it greatly. I miss the immediacy of it because you definitely don't get that if you're trying to create a, a TV or a show or a film. That you, you know, and there are so many layers of approval you have to go through. So many people giving you notes. The the amount of control and uh, and visceral response and immediacy that you get as a stand up is. Um, you can't get that anywhere else. You just you can't. So unless you're performing performance poet really who wants to be that so um so um you yeah i i i did find that i am um, when i'm on set directing on set it's a totally a performance like mm. i i realized it recently that 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 i you know i i all of my um sort of being on stage instincts go into that that and that's an extended period of time you know if like if you're if we, i made a film a couple of years ago that's an eight week shoot so five days a week, sometimes six days a week, um, for thirteen hours a day, you're kind of on. Um, but it uh, also makes sense to me in terms of reading the crowd. When you're on stage, you have to really understand what's approach, what's going on, and who's there. And I can imagine that with a crew as well, it's the same thing. You're understanding who everyone is, what they need, and how to kind of make it all work. Absolutely. And when you're and 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 it's um, and in a sort of club comic point. From a club comic kind of point of view, as, mm. as a, like a, a, a touring uh, solo show point of view, it's like being the compare because the compare's job is to make that disparate group of people into uh, um, a sort of a, an amorphous mm-hmm. mass almost um, to make them, or rather, to make them feel like they're part of a gang. Mm. And I think that's my that's sort of been my approach to to being on to being on set. Um, that I want everybody to feel like they're on the on this team doing this thing, going on this journey together. Which by that by no means the, like that's not necessarily the case in a in a crew, right? Because because the people at the sort of the, the heads of department, the production designer and the director of photography and the sound recorders and all those people, all of those people across the board, they 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 are sort of invested in that thing because they're on that project the whole time. Um, they've you know they've had a creative input into it and uh, and so they have some sort of investment but there are 
huge numbers of people, particularly on a large project, a large scale project, who they, that's just their working day. You know, mm. what are we do, what's the show today or what's the film today? You know, they turn up, they, they do brilliant work um, and, and then they go away again and maybe they'll be on something else tomorrow. So to make everybody feel like they're in the same, they're in the same teams, mm. quite a, I, I think it's quite important. I, I know. I'll give you a bit of a tip on that. If, I don't know if this will help, but um, um, they obviously had a lot of different people coming and going over the, you know, in, in their shows. And what they would do, this might help just when your next Hollywood kind of film, <laughs> is they would all share different stories they had about Nicholas Parsons. So next time you're on set somewhere, you know, Beverly Hills, wherever it might be, if maybe everyone on the set wants to share their stories about Nicholas Parsons, it worked for the goodies. That, that ran for 10 years. So what, what I might have to do have is, to do is just organise a Hollywood uh, walk of, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for Nicholas Parsons. Mm, mm. Sort of opening to that. So <laughs> they can get, get the general idea of... Can I say I'm so disappointed that you weren't, I really thought you were about to say, can I suggest releasing a herd of tigers yeah. onto the set? Well, just like five or six tigers. Known to unite everyone against the tigers. Well, that's what I was thinking. When Chris was saying, you know, when he was a child, he wanted to be a theatre director. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, most of us want to be zookeepers. And what I imagined was the person who made Raw found that middle ground between <laughs> being a zookeeper and also being a director. Well, you've got to, you've got to do what you know, do what you know, haven't you? You've got to, you've got to, <laughs> you've got to do, do it. Or in the case of the director of Raw, do what you don't know and just hope for the best. Um, I, I want to ask you, how ending this strange period of lockdown, what does it make you think about the future and what does it make you think about creating stuff in the future? Um, um, I, 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 I'm a very uh, terrified person. So, <laughs> so this is a walk in the park! My coping mechanisms is to not think about that. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, I, I really think that dealing with this is, is, is just a kind of um, each day... At a, at a time kind of thing it's funny when the, when it began so the, the the nature of my work as you will understand right it's so what we do is kind of feast and famine isn't it there are long periods of time where we're actually in the house anyway where we're preparing stuff there's long long we spend months in the house and then months nowhere near the house mm -hmm. um so this just feels right now this just feels like the months in the house uh period to, to an extent um but i have never at the beginning of this i've never found it busier than than this period you know being in the house than this period because people just kind of went crazy and they sort of went right what are we going to do okay um we're going to have to i honestly honestly i'm being blessed zoom and cursed zoom i've never had so many meetings in my life <laughs> useful any of the meetings were they were largely people trying to reassure themselves that we're doing stuff yeah. um and that has calmed down after about sort of two two and a half weeks that's calmed. I think people have exhausted themselves or they've just run out of busy work. But um, I, I sort of I don't know. I'm, I can't tell what it's going to be like. None of us can tell what it's going to be like. What I think I I think I want to avoid the the um, inevitable feeling that I want to make something about this period. Because everybody will do that. Like everybody's writing their coronavirus novel. Everybody's writing their coronavirus screenplay album. You know, uh, cycle of poems. It's whatever. A it waste of isolation, isn't it? Because I, I think if you're, if you're isolation, if you end up focusing 
on just that you know if you do have the privilege that we have of you know if, if you are able to to just kind of you know batten down the hatches and you don't have a lot of the troubles of other people to, to focus on what is immediately in front of you as opposed to going now i have this period of isolation i can go anywhere in my brain so don't just stay with what's in the daily mail today or what you you know you you can travel uh, i mean i was saying yesterday i'm i'm lucky because a lot of what i i, I spent an hour and a half yesterday talking to a, a cosmologist on the nature of god because the thing that i'm working on is kind of beyond the the the, the plan. but that bit it does seem to, to focus on and you're right finding the angle finding the angle that is not going to be the same what it'll be like people's routines about hey smoking a joint oh my god uh, you know it's going to be yeah. the same received idea of the experience of isolation in some ways and also it's a, it's a massive trauma and so if you think like if you think about the years following the war the the uh, the second world war then um obviously there were war films war you know and that continued for for a, a period of time um but but also there were the goons and mm. other you know huge kind of kickbacks against all that because what people actually want coming out of a traumatic period is something comforting and something that is that 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 helps them uh, escape it's a really interesting period for people in our line of work this because in general previously when things go to shit comedy tends to do quite well uh, because uh, people want the release of 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 comedy, and um, you know, in in uh, in the global downturn last time round, um, that it didn't affect comedy particularly because uh, that is the one thing you know. A, 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 a I wonder if you could link it up to kind of the boom in stadium stadiums comedy. as well. Actually, you could probably see that happening from about two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. It might be. Uh, the interesting thing about that is because because that's that's when comedy that's where comedy started to price itself up. Oh yeah. Actually, you know the de the days of the circuit, which and the circuit isn't as healthy now as as it, as it mm. was then. Mm -hmm. um, but because of the state, because the because the stadium comedy is soaking up a lot of that, you know, the available punters at great cost. But in the days <clears throat> in the days when you go and spend you know, eight quid to get into a room above a pub on a Friday night and you'd see Forex and a compare. That was a that was always a really good, cheap um, way of of getting a laugh in a, mm. in a, a, a dark time. It's going to be fascinating to see whether, you know, comedy is something that can do anything with this with this period, whether there'll be whether there'll be a, a, a similar response, whether it is something that people want or or whether you know the venues all be closed so well, that might what we might see is because you're not going to be able to go back into the arenas i think we're going to see a lot more door to door comedy <laughs> so do expect michael mcintyre to just you know come knocking on your door just a couple of observations on your door knocker and off again you know i, th I think that that could be expected and all that for just 140 pounds <laughs> <laughs> we have we're going to go to beck hill in a moment we, we have beck hill we also have uh femi on later on who's uh some of you might have seen uh he's been on a few of the live shows done femi and marco but before you do your show and tell which we're going to do after we've had beck uh we have a show and tell already a lot of people on the live feed are asking what is that thing sticking out of your wall that appears oh. to be above your head so uh if you look to your left i hope i'm uh, there what what is what is that that that's rather wonderful uh mind your own business okay <laughs> thank you very much have you got a guillotine behind you as well because i i that's swear good. i'm seeing guillotines in every room guillotine yes, behind your um if i'm you your right shoulder my right shoulder. Yes, behind there, there's, there's a no... guillotine in the window. Oh, 
it's sort I mean, of, sort no, of no, it's not. It, I'll, I'll hang on. It, it's It's this. What so is it? It is a. Can you see that? No. It's a. I'm, I'm, hang on. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do it actually competently. Will I do it competently? Can I? Fl you can't flip it on. Skype, it's great to see a director working. Yeah, yeah director doing a film director. It's my cinematographer. It's a. It's a. Um, an old, an old medical balance. Oh wow. Yeah, it's an old Victorian medical balance. Oh, that's, that's so what. cool. Um, that is why, yeah, so it, it does have a sort of guillotine uh, uh, front on the case. Well spotted, Josie Long, five points to you. The second guillotine-style object we've had what in the background. Was, was it in Tintin? Yeah. yeah. I wonder what that was. There, there is a point in success in show business arrives the um it's interesting the things that a, a friend of mine whose partner uh is, is immunosuppressed said that the you you the a food package you, you, they now send out food packages at the moment do you know about this there's yeah, kind this of is my friend he's doing that yeah yeah and and he said it's very you know, like basically in this package there's some tin soup and some dried food and stuff like that and it just says this is not for anyone else in the house apart from this person do not go near it if you are that person who is not immunosuppressed do not touch these tins of soup right so it's not that welcoming as a box. Well, uh, hang on. So you're saying our government was not very humane, even when they were trying? Well, no, wow. it was trying to be humane. It was just quite yeah. locking its humanity. That's all. <laughs> um, we're going to go over to Beck Hill, and then we're going to come back with your show and tell them I won't ask anything else about anything that sticks out of your wall. So I'm hoping something <laughs> else has grown out of your wall. It's a, it's a, um, it's a cardboard uh, stag's head. It's pretty. Well, if you can <laughs> out your wall when we come back, that would be nice. Um, a reminder again, the, uh, the tip jar, uh, this is, uh, we uh, don't worry, we're not collecting money for the liberal media elite. Uh, we are the only money for some of the artists who've uh, hit, hit the wall at this current time. And as we've said before, this is going to continue, obviously, for quite a while, the, 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 the lack of work. And also for some of the venues we've given to uh, Rondo and uh, the old, old fire station, isn't it, Josie, in, in yep. Oxford? And, uh, and the little Angel Puppet Theatre. And we will don't worry. We will not entirely remain in the south. We will keep kind of it, the, each time we can make some money. We will we will move around uh, the UK with the different uh, small art centres that need some kind of support, as well as uh, the people who work for them and artists, volunteers, and all those things. Now you've seen uh, Beck Hill before. I think it was on the maybe was it the second? I think it might have been the uh, the, the the first Tuesday that we did this. Uh, Beautifully creative, wonderful ideas. Her show and tell. She's going to have a double show and tell for us now. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to her front room, Beck Hill. Oh, that's awkward. I, I was just <laughs> hanging out with my guillotine there. Um, uh, hi, thanks for having me on. Um, I, yeah, I'm glad you caught me because I've been busy spending all of my donation fees on luxury silks for the new Verdi opera. Um, so I thought I would start by sharing a, uh, I've been playing a lot of video games to pass this time and I've actually been inventing video games as well. So what I wanted to do was, uh, share some of the video games that I've been inventing. Um, if you're on the chat, feel free to, you know, yell in if you think, you know, what the name of the game is going to be. So, uh, starting with this one, it's a nice spin on a simple classic. Um, obviously here you've got a bunch of rusty nails. And, uh, oh, you've lost the top of my head. That's all right. You don't really need my head, do you? Um, there we go. How's that? As long as you can see the flip chart, that's all that really matters. Let's move you a bit there. There we go. So here you've got a bunch of rusty nails. 
And then uh, as they uh, as they move down the screen, you want to try and line them up at the bottom. And as soon as you do that, uh, that line, of course, will uh, disappear. That obviously is tetanus. Um, I like Robin's audiences more because um, sometimes when I do the sort of uh, pub gigs that Chris was talking about, uh, uh, I, the last time I did that, Amanda yelled out "tet anus," and um, and he's he's nearly right. Um, but speaking of anuses, this next one is, is a favourite of mine. <laughs> I've, 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 I've ruined its bum. <laughs> that, of course, is Street Fighter. The best thing about that is, uh, in my accent, sounds exactly the same. And um, and if Street Fighter wasn't your game when you were growing up, you might have preferred this one. This, of course, this of course is Mortal Cabinet. Finish uh, Only 25 more to go. No, I'm kidding. Uh, right, this one, let's see if you guys can get this one in the chat. Um, so this one you've got to go around. I don't know if you can see that in the shot. That is Puke Man. Now, some people in the chat probably would have said Backman, and that is a much, much better punchline. But uh, I didn't realize that until after I'd written that, and that's Sharpie, so it's not going to change. Um, this next one, you are uh, the Pope. You've got to go around delivering mass to various people while avoiding obstacles. That, of course, is Paper Boy. Uh, which that joke only works if you play Paperboy um, growing up. And um, I was eight when I played Paperboy. And I remember basically the idea is you're like, a Paperboy, you're throwing the paper at houses and you'd have to like avoid dogs and stuff. But one of the obstacles that you had to avoid was a, was like an, a, a punk, a punk rocker with a mohawk on a bicycle, no, on a unicycle. And, um, and even as an eight year old, I remember playing that game and being like, mm, this is highly unrealistic. And then I grew up and moved to Camden, and I've had to do that. I've seen punk on a unicycle. It's a thing. It's based on reality. Um, and then this final one, uh, let's see if you at home can get this. Oh, no. Oh, no, help me. Oh, no. Ah, help me. And, of course, is Grand Theft Otter. Oh. Yeah, oh my. <laughs> I love that I didn't hear any sound except for Robin moaning at the end there, which is, I mean, frankly, my default response. Um, uh, my second uh, show and tell, I'm actually going to ask um, anyone who's uh, on the show um, if they'd like to join in on the audio because um, this next one requires sound effects. And um, in fact, I'm going to try and get you close so you can get a better shot of the flip chart there. Um, uh, so this one requires sound effects. So what I'm going to do is uh, you guys can join along. Please join along at home as well. It's family friendly. If you've got kids, bring them in. Um, and I'll give you a second to, to get ready because the book I'm about to do is Everything Farts. <laughs> so um, before we get started, I'm just going to get everyone to practice uh, both on the call and at home. So on the count yeah. of three, to the biggest lap. Wow. I mean, you're going early there, but I like it. It is. We've, we've all had a coffee. All right. So on the count of three, everyone fart as loud as they can. Here we go. One, two, three, three. <laughs> My friend, because normally there's someone with me doing the fart sound, but if they're not visible, it just looks like it's me, which I love. 
All right, I think we're ready. Okay, let's go. Here we go. All <clears throat> dad's fart. Oh, mum's fart. <laughs> Even tiny baby's bum's fart. <laughs> this truck fart. <laughs> I really hope someone tunes in right now and they're like, oh, I wonder, wonder if Brian Cox is on talking about the universe <laughs> and dark matter. Oh, this is a different type of dark matter. Uh, this van farts. It sounds like a duck when grand farts. <laughs> This door farts. <laughs> These stairs fart. <laughs> the Minister of Foreign Affairs farts. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody fart <laughs> I said let's all fart <laughs> remember you should never force farts oops And ladies and gentlemen, that is the end. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, we've had, we've the, had word the word through, through and, and, uh, and the, uh, the Wellcome Foundation, Foundation will be giving you your grant. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> thank you so much. Beck, wonderful again. again. That is, uh, no one else in the house knew what was going on. I have no idea what they think's going on now uh, in my particular attic room. Um, Beck, we should uh, say you've you've put up some of your stuff online as well. Some, some recently you put up more stuff, haven't you, for for people to see? Yeah, yeah. My uh, my whole 2019 show, um, I'll be Beck, is up on uh, either my Facebook page, which is Beck Hill Comedian, or um, on the next up. Uh, Twitch stream, which is um, twitch.tv forward slash next up comedy. And uh, it's a show all about the future, which we live streamed the other night. There's a Q&A afterwards if you go back and watch it. And um, and I got some of the stuff. I actually predicted some things. And uh, it's quite eerie. Not like specifically, <laughs> but there's a few moments where everyone in the chat during the live stream went, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit terrifying with stuff like that where you go why why didn't i write a show where i was on a desert island and incredibly wealthy why did i write a show about people being trapped in their houses that's no good <laughs> yeah i know i've definitely gone down the dystopia route follow beck at, at uh, on twitter at beck hill comedian where you, you go, there, go there then you'll find out all the other places you can you can check out beck stuff website again beck 
At Beck Hill Comedian. Well, at a Beach Hill Comedian, if you read it wrong. Brilliant. <laughs> thank you very much, Beck. See you again soon. Yeah, thank soon. you. Um, also quickly mention uh, coming up soon uh, tomorrow we've got Doc Brown on and uh, on Monday we're finally going to get around to doing that Q&A with Mark Gatiss as you may, may remember on the first episode that we actually did uh, we never got around to people have sent in loads of questions so you can send in questions again now if you want as well it's oh, just yeah. stay at home at cosmicshambles.com stay at home at cosmicshambles.com and uh, Mark will answer all your questions and that should be a- sorry Josie I was just repeating it in my own kind of voiceover voice. I, the thing that's been odd for me has been watching how adverts have now caught up to the situation. And I actually preferred yeah. it when adverts had not caught up to the situation. I much preferred it when I was like, what? What? Well, and I don't normally watch that much. I, mean, I do watch things. I'm not one of those people. I'm not pre- one of those people who pretends that they don't watch things, but I don't watch television. So I'd never realised the close proximity between adverts for things to um, help you with your constipation and the use of lube. There's so many interesting visuals now that are placed. <coughs> You're in, in watching some wonderful melancholy drama, and all you see is those who are bound and those who are just about to. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, lovely world, isn't it? I'm too old for this world. I really am. Um, oh, Robin. <laughs> You've got a new lease of life since you've been doing the boxing. Don't let them tell you that. No, I just find it, it's that, and also the fact that you can't watch it. most daytime channels. You can't enjoy watching an old Three Stooges movie because you'll then be told about how awful the world is for everyone else, and you should stop laughing. It's a very strange kind of. Uh, um, so anyway, I was also going to mention we've got Patreon exclusive tonight at eight pm tonight. Uh, we're going to be doing a, a live chat. Anyone who follows us on on Patreon subscribes to Patreon. Uh, I think Grace Petra is going to be joining us as well. I'm not entirely. She's never great at um, answering her texts. Uh, uh, but great creating music so bit, great bit of shade there a little bit of morning shade <laughs> she's not she, she's uh, uh, that's what? what i like there's certain friends of mine where just out of nowhere suddenly you'll receive an answer to that text from 2017 and you have to explain you've done that show now but it was lovely of them to think about you anyway we um we, uh, we are joined by chris addison today and um chris uh, tell. we've already and- seen i mean seen i mean the whole room is a show and tell but yeah we've investigated the room yeah. yeah, much of this room. Do you want the? Um, do you want the? I've got two options. Do you want the the battered leather case or the block of wood? Oh, see, wood. I would have gone case, but I feel like the wood has a story to tell. Yeah, a story to tell, Joe. Uh, <clears throat> the wood. This is um, this is a piece of the original Cutty Sark. Huh. Um, when the Cutty Sark went on fire, see, I love the Cutty Sark. Like, I love it. I think it's an incredible, uh, like, I loved it from when I was a kid. Uh, and, uh, I, I, you know, on, on the occasions that I used to venture to London, I was brought from, brought to London. We used to go to the Cutty Sark. I absolutely loved it. I love the romance of it. I love the idea of the, of the, the race across the world to bring tea and coal and, uh, and, uh, wool. Uh, anyway, but particularly tea. So, the, a few years ago, the cutter sock went on fire and uh, it looked to be fairly doomed, um, but they restored it uh, quite brilliantly. It's, um, it's better than ever now, actually, if you go... If you you can do see gigs it. on it in yeah, the old days. Yeah, I've done a gig on it. Yeah, we, were doing, we were doing... The, about two gigs have been cancelled that I was doing on that. So uh, you can... There's so one of the, the other, other venues where I won't be going now. <laughs> But my, I, I, anyway, I was, I was quite obsessed with it. But my, my friend Simon, 
um, is an extraordinary man. He um, over the years he's done lots of jobs. He was a theatre lighting designer, and then uh, he now he's now an excellent baker in Charlton, not far from the uh, Curtis Ark. Um, but uh, he also uh, retrained as a boat builder and there's very little work for boat builders of traditional boats except when the cutty sark goes on fire and they need to restore it <laughs> but he was personally involved in it and i was around his house and he had a big load of big bits of wood that were that were uh, some of the burnt timber from the original ship that they 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 couldn't reuse which he was using for you know just, just to put on the fire uh, and so i begged a piece of it from him because i loved the ship so much so this this piece of uh, this piece of wood is uh, you know, won the race to go around the world was the was the ship that did the China Australia London route over and over again. I keep this in my office. Wow. I love the fact that your friend is based a baker. No, I'm a boat builder now. Okay. Oh, by the way, I've got a boat. Uh, no, at the moment I'm a chiropodist. What is going on? <laughs> Moved on to dentist already. Look at the speed as I race through the alphabet of. Uh... But that's a lovely. The Cutty Sark, that brings back, uh, again, of course, no one's doing things uh, on the Easter holiday that we've normally, but that seems to me a typical trip to London would be, uh, now, Robin, do you want to go to the Cutty Sark or the Imperial War Museum? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never went to the museum until I, until I was taking my own children, actually. Yeah. I never, I, and that is an ama- that's an amazing place to go. But still, the Cutty Sark is great. It is great. The, the Imperial I, War Museum's, um, the, 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 the Holocaust exhibition is, oh, is quite... R- remarkable and and brilliantly i think what is so amazing about the way that they they curated it um it, is, is the fact that most of it is not about what it, it what actually you know the the, the holocaust it's about how you get led to that situation <laughs> so it, it's a the story that leads to the fact that humans then decide they have the capability and that they should you know to do those but also the human effects, like the like literally personal effects. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget seeing kind of the piles of people's things. And yeah, unbe- yeah, unbearable. Yeah, it's an amazing. Uh, um, so that seems to me that we should brighten it up by asking you about the wallet because we've still got time for a double show and tell. <laughs> the wallet. No, wallet is a ca- it is a case. It's a case of uh, well, well, well. Actually, it links. Because this is a this is a, a, a set of opera glasses, right? These are um, they still work, but they're over a hundred years old, and um, they belonged to my uh, great grandparents. These are the when I when my my grand uh, parent, my great grandparents were Viennese Jews. My grandmother, uh, who escaped to to the UK um, uh, before the Nazis uh, invaded, um, well, invaded took over in the Anschluss. Um, uh, she took me to Austria when I was 13 to visit my roots. Uh, and that's the first time I ever went to the opera. These were the opera glasses uh, we took. And these glasses belong, uh, had belonged to her, her great grandma, but they had been um, hidden during the war. There were a number of things that were hidden uh, by their... Uh, they, my, my great-grandfather was a, was a, was a businessman. They, had a, they lived in an apartment in Vienna. They had a maid called Hedwig uh, who saved... A bunch of stuff and hid a bunch of stuff from the Nazis, including we have a we have a um, I have a uh, a set of table linen that has the 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 initials of my great grandfather in the corner. <clears throat> Again, over a hundred years old, which we use every Christmas Day. 
um, which seems like we should be using every Passover, really, given that they were Jewish. But uh, but we use it every Christmas Day as a sort of fuck you to the Nazis. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's and these these things, which I don't take to the opera anymore, but I uh, could do. Um, were one of the things that were were hidden by uh, by by Hedwig. Um, uh, and saved for the family uh, who reclaimed them from her uh, after the war. So these survived. The, my great grandparents didn't survive the war, um, but uh, but these are some of the artifacts that uh, that did. Yeah. Wow. It's wonderful. So that is. Uh, that- it's a fascinating thing. Sometimes when you read, I'm sure many people watching this have read some of you know Primo Levi's um, stories of, of you know what happened to him. If, if this, if, if this is it, if, if this be man or if this, if was, this is a man, if this is a man, um, I only know that because my friend read it in the Italian. Wow. Oh. I read it in English. Sorry, yeah. this is a tedious extra your... thing. But whenever I think of the title, I think of it in Italian. But I've said it wrong anyway. It's people who can speak Italian. Anyway, sorry. No, I was going to say, one of the things that I find fascinating reading those stories of those people who were uh, incarcerated, tortured, survived, is how often when they came out, it was like they'd go back to the places that were theirs and they'd be told, oh, no, it's it's not yours anymore. Everything's changed, hasn't it? And such an incredible, I know there's two sides of the humanity that we saw from that, but that, you know, that those things that were kept, those things that, that, you know, were not, and and that, that was the thing that I found quite, that it just was quite nonchalantly kind of, oh yeah, well that was before the war though, wasn't it? This is what um, Deborah Francis White was talking about yesterday, this idea that normal is always over in these circumstances and that people's desire is to return to normal and that it's always been sort of obliterated. Mm. The, uh, there's also, there's the, there's the problem of, like my, um, my, uh, uncle and and his family recently visited vienna where they they now um uh, they're falling over themselves in, in in that city to kind of um to welcome back the the diaspora um and and to show you around and show you know and make amends as far as you know you can't make amends but you know um reach out a hand and uh, they went they went around and 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 um were sort of taken on a tour of the important places of the of the families time and lifetime in in vienna and they visited uh, my grandmother's the, the apartment where she grew up but you can't go in you can't go into that apartment you can't knock on the door and go hey hi um so so our family was over, <coughs> we were kind of turfed out uh, a few years mm. ago by these guys um mm-hmm. because the, you know because the people living in that apartment now have been that's it's 80 years and those and you know it's changed hands multiple times and what's you know it's really hard to 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 define what's what what belongs to what belongs to what at any any given point it's not it's not certainly not black and white um and uh, and and you you, yeah so you're right things things don't go back to things don't go back to normal and sort of unpicking what's right and what's Mm. what, what, what you know what belongs to what is very very hard there's there are some cases where it's very clear um and reparations you know need to be paid and all of that kind of stuff but but there are things like that how do you what do you say to those people you can't the other thing is to knock on somebody's door and go listen we don't want anything we just wanted to see the place because this thing happened imagine being the the family who live in there now yeah and and that being a piece of information that's suddenly added to to you you're never going to sleep again are you Holy! you can't do that people you know it's it's complicated well, that's how I presume that those shows like Who Do You Think You Are 
when they pretend that they've only just turned up at the doorstep. I think it's in that show, and they knock at the door and say, hello, I, might, you, I used to have the, the top room up here. Can I go up there? But, hello, yeah. You know, and I'm can not I, sure how uh, that those people haven't been prepared. Just so you know, can I share a very... going to come ringing your doorbell on Tuesday yeah. morning, and he's going to want to see the attic room because he thinks he's still got some posters from Look and Learn up there. <laughs> can I share a very silly version of this, which is I went back to the house that I lived in till I was 12, and with my friend who is my oldest friend, she, she was my first friend in senior school, and she came with me, my friend Tasha, and we got there, and knocked on the door and it was the only people in were the 12 year old and 15 year old which was really evocative and strange because that was really what would happen with me and my big sister and so I was about 25 at the time and I was like excuse me I grew up in this house please may I look around and I feel like the 12 year old didn't know that he could say no so he was like okay so then I just looked around the whole house and it was so bizarre because obviously it was smaller than I remembered and everything had changed but some things were the same and it was too much and too little but my parents had a lot of books growing up because like we're hoarders and because that's what my mum valued and that kind of thing and I really distinctly remembered that in a space where there'd been the, all these bookshelves and this old piano that my dad had rescued from a house being demolished, what there was, all there was, was a giant display shelf of this size Yankee candles. <laughs> isn't that the weirdest fucking thing? Well, sorry, isn't that the weirdest thing you've ever heard in your life? Candles that big. Just a hundred of them. And the parents were out, so I was like, who are these people? But it was... It blew my mind, and it was like again that was just such a strange feeling. I, yeah. just, I went up to the attic, and the elk was still there. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's what happened when I went back to uh, the place I grew up. But you shouldn't. I'm I'm, I'm not. A, we were. Um, was it, when was it? It must have been October. October half term just gone. Right, we were up in the Lake District, and we were driving back. Um, we we're going to go via my parents who live south of Manchester now. Um, and uh, but I grew up in, in Manchester, just sort of just off the motor, the M62, right? So so we were on the M62, and I went, okay, well, just on impulse, I'm going to show the kids where I grew up. Couldn't be less bothered about it. Oh no! Interesting, but it it has no. You want the thing to mean something, but of course it doesn't mean it's something. Not in their bones, it's not there. It's, it's not in their bones exactly, and maybe. You know, later on when they've got their own sort of sense of nostalgia, the notion of somebody else's sense of nostalgia, you know, you can appropriate that a little bit or understand at least what it is that you're seeing or what it means to the person who's showing you. Anyway, but I grew up in a place called Worsley, which is quite an interesting little uh, part of Manchester. It's where the Industrial Revolution started because it's where the the first canal was built, the Bridgewater Canal uh, for, for coal mines coming out of. Uh, yeah, the uh, canals going into the mines in, in Worsley. So that all the canals are still sort of there and there's a village green and all of this kind of stuff. And I showed them all this. And then I thought, and then we'll go and see my house. And then I thought, no, we will not go and see my house. Because I, I, the idea of going and seeing the house that I last saw, I mean, my parents moved out of it 12 years ago. So I was still, I, you know, fully grown adult. Um, uh, uh, but, but the idea of going and seeing something not quite right not quite right. You know, the, 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 they'll have done something to the front wall. They'll have changed some of the paintwork. There'll something will be, the front door will be different. Something will, and that, that, the idea of that being my last sight of that house, 
I didn't. I don't. I don't want that. I, I mean, if I could unsee those candles, I would. Exactly. Don't get me wrong. I don't. What if I? Yes. What if I got whole place was just one big Yankee candle? Oh, and the ones that smell of it like cinnamon. Ugh. Well, that's the whole. That's their whole thing. <laughs> I went back to the house and it smells of bay leaves. It never used to. Smell <laughs> yeah, I, I've done that. I've I I would were doing Greenham Art Centre a few years ago, and that's where my 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 grand lived just around the corner from there. And and I wondered. I was early, and I wandered down, and I shouldn't have gone back because until. You go if you don't go back the the pristine thing you know in the Maisonette in Bushy Heath where my other grandmother lived there is still a weird little glass thing where she keeps the sugar with a little doily over the top all of that yeah. if you return and I think that very often with the the house where my dad lives now you know he's he's ninety this week and it's the house that I was born in and I've already started thinking about how strange it's going to be that one day I will walk through that village and I'll go that was you know and it's a strange the the way the bricks and Mortimer Mortimer Bricks and Mortimer. I've, I've been reading Hand of the Baskervilles. I do apologise. Um, Bricks and Mortimer is my favourite daytime detective show. Yeah, it's my favourite um, duo from the early 90s. <laughs> no, they, <laughs> they, were, they were sort of ragger influenced, influenced I see. <laughs> We've run out of time, so we're going uh, to end with, uh, I mentioned before, Femi, who is a, a really brilliant uh, blues guitarist. Um, thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Chris Addison. And uh, we never got around to talking about the fact that we both have useful glasses for being impressionists, because uh, there we go. I wonder who he's going to be now um and uh um just to mention a couple of things uh patreon as we said we're going to be doing a patreon only kind of q a tonight and grace peach is going to be joining us as well if you do get a chance please do subscribe for all stuff we we make a lot of other stuff when it's not also this as well as this there's the book shambles lots of science content lots of stuff like that and that's what we we use the patreon money to just keep making more stuff it's not to make money for us it's to make more stuff um thank you very much everyone who's been supporting this i'll mention a couple of things which is i mentioned doc brown's on tomorrow mark gate on monday also uh, about midday today we had a big debate about this um back at the end of january uh i hosted an event which was uh, the goodies 50th anniversary event uh with oh. tim graham and bill and we were going to put it out this week and then of course on sunday tim died and we we thought about it a lot whether we should put out the show this week and we thought through it and we decided yes uh so at about midday today uh that 50th anniversary show which was a really wonderful night and uh and i think one of the things that you will get a sense from it is the fact that you know tim was in no way dimmed or you know sometimes the, the narrative we get now of, of it, there's it's a very unpleasant i think ethical talks about those who who are the, the the collateral damage in the situation and you will hear that tim was as vibrant he did six events over about 48 hours all of them he was absolutely brilliant on um so we're going to be putting out the uh, the goodies um 50th anniversary show and uh, i hope that you enjoy it thank you very much everyone for watching thank you for your support uh Josie, I'll see you tomorrow. Chris, I hope to see you. See you tonight, actually. I'll see you tonight, 8.30. 8 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow. I'll just quickly mention as well, Femi, uh, they've got an album out, Femi and Marco. Marco so Bandcamp, yes. iTunes, all those places, Femi and Marco. Um, here they are. Thank you. Hi, guys. Um, uh, I've been doing uh, a few songs. First song I've chosen is uh, Rose Collins uh, by the made famous by Mississippi John Hurt.
Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget cosmicshambles.com slash stay at home to catch up on all the previous episodes, find out who's coming up on upcoming episodes and to leave a tip for acts and artists and venues who are hit hardest at the moment. And if you'd like to support us at the Cosmic Shambles Network, patreon.com slash bookshambles. Oh.